This project was produced by Planet FM with support from New Zealand On Air. The series features 15 candid conversations with people from migrant and former refugee backgrounds, sharing their stories, their lived experience, their own perspectives and covering some sensitive topics. I'm Alina from Storio, and you're listening to Pass the Mic. Due to the global pandemic, we've recorded these conversations from the comfort of our homes. This is episode 13. In this episode, I'm talking to Ajaz Patel, who's originally from Mumbai, India. I thought it would be really lovely to, um, for someone again who is like not at all in the sports <laughs> uh, world, to maybe like if you can explain a little bit, like what does it mean to be a cricketer in on your level in New Zealand? I mean, obviously, being an international cricketer is quite special. Uh, playing for New Zealand, representing New Zealand, uh, I take a lot of pride in that. Um, but at the same time, I, I think the way that the sports culture is in New Zealand, I, th- I don't think, you know, anyone sees you any differently. It's not like, uh, you know, you're treated like rock stars or, or anything like that. It's 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 completely different to how um, maybe other countries view sport and other countries treat sports people. But yeah, overall, I, I don't think it's much different to other people who um, excel in their fields of work. Um I guess the only difference is uh, I'm fortunate enough I get to represent New Zealand at a world stage. So, what does your an average month looks like for me? To be honest with you, with COVID and I guess the tours and and also different schedules all the time, uh, it's constantly changing. Great examples in the last month, I went from being injured to working on recovery to then almost coming back, then getting COVID, then being out for another ten days. Then going back into cricket. And I just, when you were uh, little, like, uh, you can take it as broad as you want, but um, what were you imagining yourself being, doing? I mean, obviously, cricket was such a massive passion of mine right through from from when I was young. So for me, it was always a dream to kind of play cricket at a, at a higher level. Um, I guess I never envisaged that I'd be playing for, for New Zealand. That was always the goal and the dream. But uh, as we all know, we work towards that, and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. On the other side, I guess, being from an Indian background, I've got a background in education as well. So I've got a uh, marketing and management degree. And it was more just kind of, you know, something to fall back on. But also, I, I think education, um, you learn a lot from education as well. And what was that like? So like, if we think back when you were like 10 or something, 12, were you, because you, were you born in Mumbai? I was born in Mumbai. How old were you when you moved here? Uh, I was about six or seven when I moved here. In terms of pursuing sport, it's actually interesting for me. I'm just thinking back. I used to do, when I was still in Kazakhstan as a kid, I did swimming, like kind of like, what's the word? It was more than a hobby because we had like a ex-Olympic champion Russian um, trainer who was like coach who, you know, was really tough and stuff. And I saw, I mean, when I was doing it, I was doing it more as a hobby, but I guess people around me, like my class, were not really, everyone was doing super seriously. And it, for the most part, it was because their parents, and now we would see it, their parents would sit, uh, you know, um, around the swimming pool and would like watch them be like, you have to, you know, we get you into sports or you have to succeed. And I think I've only maybe seen that side of people when, because their parents either have been export people themselves or whatever, kind of push the kids because I feel like at a young age, maybe didn't have that like, didn't have that like motivation to, 
consistency to stick strong. How was that for you? Like, did you, yeah, you, you know, you were like, I want to be, I want to play cricket. Yeah. So, so for me personally, it was very much self-driven. A lot of it, a lot of it was kind of, I was, I was fortunate that my parents never really pushed me towards anything um, that I didn't want to do. And so for me, everything to do with cricket, it was literally, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work hard. Um, I've got this training. I've got that training. I've got that training. If I need to get there, mum, mum would drive me around. But uh, it was really on me. A lot of it was me running off to my own trainings, uh, my own gym times, figuring things out for myself, especially because um, both my parents didn't really have a knowledge in the field. I mean, my old man was in an automotive industry and mum was a housewife who was previously a teacher. So neither of them really had a background in sport. Yeah, my dad's passionate about cricket and follows cricket but he didn't really know what the pathways or the avenues were where did it come from for you why the inspiration to stick with something so because you know to obviously play on that level you have to be quite consistent and persistent yeah i guess i I guess i became somewhat obsessed with the idea and i think it's funny because like obviously at, at a certain point the goal was to play for new zealand but now the obsession kind of keeps evolving even though now i've represented new zealand and and that, that just keeps evolving to something different. You know, now it's kind of, well, how do I not only become the best in New Zealand, but how do I become the best in the world? Um, and and what, what can I do to kind of get to that point? Well, how do you think of yourself? Like what are the other aspects to yourself that are maybe big to you or important? It's, it's funny because like obviously, yes, I am, I am a cricketer and, and quite honestly it, it is a big part of my identity because I've put so much a, a time of my life into it. But at the same time, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess, religious. I'm Indian. I'm a New Zealander. I'm a family man. You know, for, for me, my family's number one. Uh, I think in, in terms of that attachment and being close, uh, I guess, you know, living in the same household as your parents. Um, I mean, for me personally, I'm still living with my parents. And that's culturally the, the thing that's done within an Indian household. And I'm comfortable with it. But it's also something that I actually enjoy as well because I feel like I'm really close to my parents. I remember one of my best memories is the first time I told them I became a New Zealand um, black cap. And it was it was quite an amazing time. We had the whole family over and they kind of were wondering why all of a sudden we had everyone over for dinner. And But they had an idea as well, which was, I guess, the cool thing. But just the reaction that we got from everyone and how excited everyone was and how happy they were just shows how invested the family was on my in my journey as well. Faith is probably what's kept me grounded and, and kept me, I guess, on the path where I never believe I'm better than I am. I'm honest with myself and, and, and I work hard. The other thing I think for me is, you know, my culture as well. But I take a lot of pride in being Indian, of Indian ethnicity. For me, that's something I, I value quite deeply because the, the family values that I've received, the the moral values that I've received, a lot of them came from India. And the, I guess like that flows kind of nicely into like the whole idea of like the ethnic representation or what it means. And our, you know, I would kind of ask people because we call the podcast, like the kind of the overarching theme was like living as an ethnic person in Aotearoa. And then um, a lot of people, well, it's not a lot, some people that I've interviewed were like, oh, I don't really like the word ethnic. Or like, what does it mean to be ethnic in New Zealand? And I want to ask you like, what's in your... Do you have, a, I don't know, a feeling or emotion attached to this word? or? Um... Well, in the past, I think in the past, a lot of people probably felt 
uncomfortable um, being from an ethnic background and were or were made to feel uncomfortable coming from an ethnic background. Um, they probably felt like to fit into society, they had to mold into something different. But I think I think current society and the way that the modern world is now, I think ethnicity is celebrated, should be celebrated. It's what makes you you. We're two people, we're from two different backgrounds, vastly different backgrounds, but we're still identifying as New Zealanders. The fact that we're New Zealanders doesn't mean we can't have an ethnic background. And I think that adds to the to the bounty of being a New Zealander as well. Do you find that like any particular parts with you being so attached to your culture and faith, anything that you wish or you'll see in your culture and faith to like, I don't know, something that challenges you a little bit more? Like you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm agreeing with this or I don't know how I feel about this. From a cultural aspect, I think India is very much a male and female society it's not kind of like you know a male have certain roles females have certain roles and saying that but my religious teachings kind of differ from the the cultural side of things so there's always like this clash between the two but over here in New Zealand I think we are going into a world where that equality and that that balance is probably starting to starting to get to a more balanced stage in terms of, you know, there's that that same level of empowerment. I know if we kind of talk about 10 years ago even, um, there was a massive gap in, in terms of what was happening with males being able to, to progress and, and females being able to progress. Um, so that's that's probably one thing that really sticks out. But other than other than that, I haven't really given it too much thought, to be honest with you. Uh, it's It's a interesting question i guess so i think naturally i think when you go to a new place i think you are going to pick up values within that society and you are going to leave back behind values that you don't think fit into that society um it's it's i guess it's more a question of what values do you hold on to and what values do you leave behind mm-hmm. and you know um i just like thinking of thinking of sport and sport culture like your career i guess culture we had people that have interviewed from like who work, you know, in like urban design work or people who work in arts, people who work in education. And there are very different ways that culture, how that incorporates into the world of whatever field you're in. What I wanted to ask is like when it comes to sports, what have you seen maybe that maybe ha- let's start with a, a little bit more like a challenging side. Like what hasn't been maybe done well or maybe what have you seen that the whole idea of acceptance and belonging and inclusion and, you know, like. I think one of the one of the big things, obviously, when I was growing up was food, right? Me being from an Indian background and the, the household food that we eat is totally different to what uh, European food is, right? So I guess when I first kind of was coming through no one really understood the fact that you know I eat different but it was like an expectation that oh you should still be eating the same stuff that all the other athletes are eating because that's what's good for you and it's like I don't think people quite understood that yes that's that's probably good for me but it's a part of my culture this food it's not just it's not just food there's a there's a bigger relationship to that than just food it's what my parents have been eating it's what my ancestors have been eating it's what I've grown up on I don't know anything different and then to suddenly be able to change that and go actually I'm just going to stop eating this and all of a sudden go to um, you know a completely European diet it's difficult and then you'd get kind of uh, I guess plans and that they'd be on a completely different diet 
and you're just like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll do that. Um, but then you do it for three days, four days, a week, two weeks, three weeks, and then afterwards you're like, actually, it's not really working, and you just want that food that everyone else is having in the house. So, so that was initially probably a little bit difficult, but at the same time, it, it's funny because now that I'm a professional sportsman and an international sportsman, I go around the world and I go to, to Asian countries and I see the food that they're serving to us as New Zealanders and they're still serving traditional food. But then the guys are sometimes like, oh, why are we getting this kind of stuff? We should be getting, you know, a roast chicken or a steak and veggies and stuff. I guess it's one of those things where it's it's happening not just in New Zealand, um, but it's, it happens everywhere. and. It's seen differently everywhere. Our culture is probably a minority within the country. Then the foods kind of, you know, we go with what the majority food is and that's okay. But what I'm saying is that there should still be an understanding that, yes, he probably is going to be slightly different. We need to treat him slightly differently as well. To a certain degree, there's so many different people in terms of what they eat. Um, You've got halal, you've got kosher, you've got vegan, you've got um, vegetarian, you've got, you know, all sorts and 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 so it's kind of like well how do we make sure that our food options actually cater to all of these people how, how do we make sure that we're actually including all of these people within our food menu it happened to me a lot of times uh, i'd go to i'd go to a club or i'd go to a function or i'd go to a dinner and well the only option i had was the salad and the eggs and it's kind of like well you're forgotten about and I was never really disrespectful around it and I kind of I guess when I was younger I kind of thought okay well I'm one person why should they really you know go out of their way for me but I think we should why shouldn't we um if we know that that person is there and they're in that environment then why shouldn't we kind of make sure we can do a little bit to make them feel welcome and make them feel comfortable and I think you you'll find that if you do that you'll make that that person will really enjoy that environment, really flourish in that environment, and they'll probably give you a lot back as well. It's not just a faith thing anymore as well. Uh, I guess food is is also very much a political thing now to a certain degree, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean in the sense that obviously people have their own views and, and how they view food as well, and, and some things they don't agree with and other things they do. Um, whereas in the past, it was probably more just religious things that you had to worry about, where now people don't accept dairy, don't accept, um, you know, uh, red meats or don't accept um, other things. And, and it's kind of like, well, you have to respect that and you have to kind of provide different options. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you have to cater to each individual, but what I'm saying is provide options so that everyone's care, cared for or looked after. What about faith, Ajaz? Like, did you find any... Yeah, how does how does that sit in sports? I, to be honest, I initially, especially when I was younger, I probably struggled a little bit to express my faith and my values um, and my beliefs, especially because when you're young, you just want to fit in. You you want to be the same as everyone else. You just want to be seen as everyone else. And I and I think when I was young, there probably wasn't the education around. Okay, uh, um, what he's doing there, um, that's normal. I guess our parents and, and other parents probably didn't teach our children or their children at that age that, you know, these these people 
they they believe in this and this is what they do from a faith perspective when i say for example i mean as a muslim i i pray so if i go and pray in front of someone um someone come and ask me go oh what what were you doing there bro like what was going on and i was like oh i'm just praying um you know pray but then the, the amazing thing is like i found that the more i did that the more people actually questioned you on on why you were doing it and everyone questioned you in a respectful way no one was disrespectful everyone kind of wanted to know more and wanted to learn more as well and and i found that okay me expressing myself is probably a good thing because more people around me are getting educated to to not only my values or my religion or my culture but everyone that's like me you know what i mean so that next time they see someone else praying they'll probably give them the respect that they deserve or need and and it's a constant battle because even even now sometimes you kind of do in a, in a bad way you sometimes do probably shy away from it and being open and honest about it but a lot of the times i think now for me if i want to pray i'll go and pray um regardless of the the situation or you know the people around me it's really challenging to be more visible pressure maybe a pressure i don't know pressure to like speak on some things or like you know when big events happen whether good or bad events um in the world like do you feel like yeah there's pressure to speak or maybe internal pressure no not really i mean to be honest i've always been pretty vocal on things that i that don't sit well with me to be honest for me for me it's about humanity and what i really find and still kind of really affects me is the fact that you know people from certain areas are seen differently to other people from certain areas the other problem is society sees things that way because the media portrays things that way if you keep showing the same person the same thing over and over again regardless of whether they believe it at the start they will eventually start believing it when i have something that politically doesn't agree with me i'll post that and it's more so around humanity for me things that really affect me are children when children uh, aren't doing well or are affected then that's something that you know um really affects me from a religious standpoint yes it affects me as well because i think to a certain degree the word terrorist gets thrown around a lot and a lot of the times it's well predominantly or majority of the time it's only thrown around when it's a, a muslim at fault but the one time that i was i was really really impressed was when prime minister um Jacinda Ardern um labeled the 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 individual that carried out the march 15th attacks a terrorist because that was the first time a world leader had actually labeled someone outside of the muslim faith a terrorist but other than that I, i don't really have any political agenda or as such or i'm not out there to change the world i'm at heart i'm still a cricketer um and if i can lead by example by being who i am then that's that's more than enough the whole pressure of contribution and impact i find personally it's kind of like you know living in the society that values a little like output and productivity and whether it's in money uh, output or it could be contribution output like how many things have you signed petitions or people you saved i think it's a really good thing to acknowledge of like all of us in some whatever way we exist in the world contribute back by being an example wanted to kind of round up a little bit and go into our quick fire the first one is what is your favorite meal i guess for me my favorite dish is a chicken lollipop which is um deep fried 
little chicken pocket that comes with like a little stick on the end of it and it's just absolutely unbelievable not something i can indulge in too often or too much but um i love it and the other one I, i'd say is a is a biryani any any sort of biryani paradise in auckland does both things very very well it's probably one of the best uh, hands down probably one of the best indian restaurants um going around so yeah that's that's probably my go-to awesome okay if you were the main character in the movie or a tv show that currently exists or you can make it up what would it be or what would it be about probably be something to do with cricket to be fair <laughs> i think it would probably be some kind of um comedy but uh, a comedy based on errors or, or, or a lot of bloopers yeah <laughs> i love that <laughs> cool um if you had to introduce like a policy either to new zealand government or to like sport organizations or organizations in general what would it be mm. have a multi-faith prayer room at every venue that would be probably yeah the number one cricket uh can be a five-hour day um or it can be four or five days in a row and it's like if i if i want to pray even now um a lot of the places don't actually have a dedicated room um a lot of clubs a lot of um airport even our airports don't have a dedicated you know room our international airports do but our domestics don't you know it's not just about muslim faith it's about all faiths why why don't we have a multi-faith room in say social clubs and in cricket clubs and rugby clubs and you know our airports or even in our malls and it's it's pretty simple it's not like it's not that difficult to uh, you know make space in a room and and leave a couple of things there and what you'll find is as soon as you create a room you will actually find people from the faith come and bring in resources anyway um so you don't necessarily need to supply the resources you just need to supply the room the resource will find them find them what find find a way there nice love it and last one what makes you feel like a badass i think for me being able to be myself um i think when i was younger i was kind of trying to probably fit in and, and try and do that by not being myself uh, i think now for me I, i i guess what makes me feel good about myself is the fact that i can be myself um and be accepted for who i am and and what i am I guess the badass part about it is whether you like it or not, this is me. And that was Ajaz. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, check out the 14 other incredible conversations in this series. Share, subscribe, send to someone who might benefit from either feeling seen or learning more about ethnic experiences in Aotearoa. These conversations are a collaboration of Belong Aotearoa, Planet FM, Storio and Sport Waitakere. So you can find the links to those excellent organizations in the bio. Thank you to our funder, Auckland Council Regional Development Fund, and to New Zealand On Air. Mm-hmm.